is Patty Olstrand, and we're live today at KWAD Radio. And our guest today is Jane Cognon. And she's written a story. It's a uh, memoir. Um, and it has to do with Dracula. And, of course, vampires, which is always a, a, a very fun uh, subject to talk about. And I believe she's on the line. Let me check. Jane, are you on the phone? Yes. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Excellent. Hi, Patty. Hi. How are you doing? Excellent. How about you? I'm good. I'm good. It's finally cooling down in Arizona, so we're we're all just like really enjoying opening up the windows for the first time. Oh, I bet that's good news. <laughs> that's really good news around here. <laughs> so, uh, we got a story, and... Is you know your title was really catchy. Thank you. And and caught my attention. And I said, okay, it started with Dracula. So tell us how you came about uh, writing a story about Dracula and how that came into your whole life and how that worked. I know it's a long story, but uh, we can break it down a bit. <laughs> okay. Um, first of all, I have always since I was about 13 years old and saw my first Dracula movie, I've always liked vampires and I've always liked Dracula. And that movie just touched me in some way, and I thought immediately when I was just a girl that I wanted to go to Transylvania because I learned that it was a real place. And so I grew up and did many, many other things, but when I was in my 50s and had about 25 years in the publishing industry, uh, educational publishing, I thought about what I would do next. And as a second career, I thought that I would maybe become a travel writer because I'd always liked reading travel stories and liked to write, and it just seemed like a good fit. So I, when I, my son was grown and I had a a good job and had saved some money, so I decided that I would take that trip at age 59 and that I would write about it, and that would be, there you go, there's my travel writing career starting. Um, and the summer before I went, about a year before I went, I actually heard of a travel writing course, and it's the first one I'd ever known of, uh, and it was at the University of Minnesota, so I signed up and took it. And the teacher ended up being my mentor on the book. But anyway, um, I um, <clears throat> I was just going to write a series of travel essays. And, in fact, I did uh, write 36,000 words when I was over there. But a strange thing happened. Um, what The book that I thought I was going to write was not the book that I wrote. Um, and that's what happened to me over there. When I first planned my trip, I didn't think that it would change me, and, and I knew that one of the things about travel writing was that the person's transformation because of travel is sometimes important to the story, and I, I didn't think that would happen to me. Um, I had one purpose and only one. I wanted to find out what the land of Dracula was like. Hmm. I didn't want to take anybody with me because I didn't want to fool with anybody, and I had saved my money, and I wanted to do exactly what I wanted. So I was deadly serious about the whole thing and uh, didn't want to be distracted and all of that. And so I 
About the third day we were there, I was there, we were just entering uh, Transylvania, and I started to have a lot of memories of home because the landscape was so much like my hometown in West Virginia. It was very beautiful with mountains and tall pine trees and um, rivers, and we went through a a place called the Olt Valley, O-L-T, and it just looked exactly like a view from my hometown, and I... So not only did the landscape remind me of home, I also started thinking about Jane. Whoops, I think we lost you, Jane. Uh, Just if you're listening, Jane, uh, your call dropped. So call back in. That sometimes happens. You know, technology is a wonderful thing, people, when it works. And uh, sometimes it just, we have glitches. So I'm still on, but we lost Jane. Let's see, Jane. Okay. Oh, I think we got her back. Hey, is that you? You there? <laughs> I'm here. You know what? It's the high technology of telephones that's got Yeah, I, that's why I said, I think I, you know. I, ran, I think it, it ran out of the battery. I was trying to sit at my computer and use a handheld portable, but I'm now downstairs where my notes are not. So all this is going to be just from the top. But anyway, <laughs> you want me to keep going? Yeah. Yeah. You, okay. You were talking about the... Uh, where we lost you was when you were you were noticing that the similarities of the landscape of both places are coming to your home. Right. And at the same time, I remember try, just feeling so relaxed and so happy and creative. And I, a lot of times that will happen when you get away from home and you just are mm-hmm. in a different circumstance. But I had also prepared myself that Romania might not be what I wanted it to be. I mean, I really didn't know what I would find, and so I had approached it with an open mind, and that's not always easy with me. But so here's here's what really happened. The the serious person that was 59 years old and a grandma was sitting in the car taking her notes and looking around and being quite uh, professional and writing and all of that. But the one thing I did not know in my life, I thought I was alone. Of course, I had a driver, but that's not what I mean. I thought I was alone. That little girl was there, too. That little 13-year-old girl that had loved Dracula and had had to grow up so fast because of her alcoholic mother and because of your childhood, you just lose your innocence. And your childhood sometimes is just smothered. And so you kind of forget about that little child. But she was there, too. And she was nudging me, and that's what was happening. She was... uh, the inner child uh, is is the creative, happy part of us. That if it gets nurtured, it uh, it turns out well, and we're well balanced and everything. But if it does not, sometimes it gets buried. So that's what happened, and and there she was. And I did not know that for years. I didn't understand what had happened to me. But anyway, um, so she was the one who was playful. She was the one who was glad to be in the land of Dracula from her movies and. She was the one that was nudging me to remember all these things. And what happened was 
I was able to look back on my life and on my childhood. And, of course, when you're in the middle of it, you can't do that. But I was able to look back on it as a grown-up and see it a little bit differently. And so I started to see the connection between Dracula and my life. Do you want me to tell you what that was? <laughs> of course we do. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it it was that insatiable thirst. It was that... You know, uh-huh. I I was living with a monster who who drank and drained everybody the same as a vampire. I mean, I didn't get it. I didn't know it. But I was living in a house in the mountains with a river far below, just like the description of Dracula's castle, if you use your imagination. Oh, wow. But I never connected it. I did not get it. And wow, when I went to Romania. Hmm? That's awesome symbolism there. I know, I know. And I didn't as a kid, of course, I didn't see it. And I would go to the movies and I would love these Dracula movies. And what I had to come home to was very similar and sometimes more frightening. So, here I wanted to go to Transylvania to see the land of Dracula and I had lived with a monster for part of my life. Um, but anyway, so that's that's what happened, and I ended up that I, I did change, and I wasn't the only one who changed because the story follows my life with my mom after she grew older and um, changed herself. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that so was kind of cool. I mean, you know, I didn't set out to tell stories on my family. I didn't set out to write about what I wrote, but... Mm-hmm. It turned out well because it's a good story. My mother stopped drinking and we became friends and we we repaired that relationship uh, awesome. in, in a lot of ways. And so so it turned out well. That's always good news, isn't it? It um, is. It, it, you you uh, you need to find peace. And the other the other thing about it, my mom changed for the better, and she did that on her own. I mean, I was already grown up. I was not even in the same town. So that, that happened independently of me. But I changed, too. Um, after seeing my life like that, the thing that happens with the inner child is you have to nurture yourself. I mean, you kind of have to go back and take that little child's hand that was you and bring them along, and they, they do the same for you. And I um, I just found, I, I forgave my mother, and I realize now that forgiveness really is for us it's it's not for the other person i mean it it can give us peace and it can you know it can help us to kind of settle things and and i also have learned to accept and like myself which took oh 66 years <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah i mean that ha- that's happening too it's not it's not an instant process and it's not even a predictable process but um, when you can look back on your life, that, that's an opportunity. And when you have that perspective to see what happened as a grown-up and, and mm-hmm. kind of get a different take on it, it it's beneficial. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that, that's terrific. I'm glad that you guys had worked it out, and you you at least got that chance, you know, that opportunity to you know, passing that with your family and being able to move on from there. So that's terrific. Mm-hmm. You're just lucky that you know we're able to do that before, and you lost these people. Right. Yeah. Right. That, My mother. That, yeah. She she passed away in 2008. Yeah. So you know at least that's a happy note. 
Um, mm-hmm. And it's not always happy to be have lost somebody, but you know that's it's a good thing to have done it in such a good circumstance. You've gotten past it. Yeah, we had a few years of actually hanging around together and being friends and and getting awesome. to know one another again. So that was nice. Good, that's awesome. Um, I have heard a lot of other authors who uh, have written other things and then they come back and they've taken this kind of a journey before. Mm-hmm. And uh-huh. they have they they've done the same thing where they have um, seen the symbolisms of where they are you know that they're exploring for the first time um, not only the new land that they're in but also some things that's in themselves mm-hmm. and uh, and it's been a you know a journey for them and not just you know where they're traveling to but also for them experience personally. So because of that, I'm thinking that maybe all authors should, like, you know, get <laughs> to go somewhere and and really just and find themselves in a different way. I, yeah, I, I guess that can be done deliberately, but I I don't really know, Patty, to tell you the truth, because my mine surprised me. I, I did not at all plan that journey. I didn't plan to write that book, but... As I began to put the connections together and realize the symbolism uh, between Dracula and, and my life, the book changed. I mean, every time I would do a different draft, it would change. And I put it out to people to read uh, at certain points and to, to tell me what they thought. And uh, the the feedback would come back, well, you can't just say people are monsters, too, you've what what are you talking about? You know, if you're going to bring it up, you've got to tell it. So that was uh, something that I had to struggle with a little bit. You know, did I really want to put all that out there? But mm-hmm. it, I, I think that book kind of wrote itself, that part of the book. I mean, I think it was meant to be. Because as yeah, soon as I thought, it was just like a light bulb went off. I It, it was meant. Right. Well, that's why I said the civilizations were just... So, you know, so cute there where you're talking about, you know, that you're living, you were living in Transylvania, but you didn't know it. <laughs> yeah, just, uh, <laughs> in a way, yeah, that was right. And I did not cross my mind at all until, you know, many, many years later. So I'm very grateful that I took that trip, even though that the purpose wasn't at all to do what I did and to, to uh, go through that journey. But it, it was certainly uh, something that was very good. Now, do you think that if you would have gone with somebody, that you would have had that same, you know, inspiration? I'm sorry, if I what? If you would have not gone with, if you would have gone with somebody else to the land of Dracula, would you have had the same symbolism that, or the same, you know, thought process, as you were able I, to, you know, do this by yourself? It might have happened, but I think there would have been a lot more conversation. It would have, I think, it would have been different. Um, I was just when I planned it, I just sort of thought, okay, you know, I'm. I, I took a cue from Christopher Lee, who played Dracula. He was my Dracula when in the 1950s and 60s, and and I had re- researched, of course, and I had read about him that he was so deadly serious about his role, and even some of the people on set at the movie when they were making the movies were intimidated by him. They were afraid of him. Of course, he's very tall, and he was Dracula, so. Uh, but he was deadly serious about his his mission and uh, playing that part, and I I kind of acted like that too. I was just so serious, and I and and that little girl, I mean, she was the opposite. 
you know, and so I I had some wonderful times and I had a lot of fun with it, and I, I think that was her. But I was, uh, yeah, oh yeah, I was serious. This was actually, I, I thought I might get a book out of it, and I, it was important. And right. I've I've always been kind of serious anyway, so uh, it was not a stretch. So did you also write anything on the travel part of it? Oh yeah, um, the Might book well is become, a, a dual um, role there, right? <laughs> oh yeah, it's definitely and actually it's classified on the shelves in both travel and self help. I would guess that it'll probably end up in self help because of the inner child and um, people have already told me that um, I have helped them that they thought they thought they were the only one. So I th- I think that's that's a good thing. Um, but the travel part, sure, I wrote that too. I, I wrote thirty six thousand words when I was over there, and what and I after I got back, I did research on the places that I had been and and the things that I had not researched before I left. So, oh yeah, there's a uh, Romanian history. There's a description. There are descriptions of the different sites, different places we went. There's a lot of description in a, of the countryside and. Uh, how it reminded me of West Virginia, and we saw monasteries, we saw castles, uh, museums, all kinds of things. So, um, and we we started in Bucharest, and we kind of we went up into Transylvania, and then went up above it, uh, up near the Ukrainian border, up to uh, the Bukovina region where they have the painted churches, and then we kind of came back down, and we went to the seacoast for a few days just for R and R. Um, and then went back to Bucharest before I flew home. Ah, oh. well, that's a cool uh, area to be in. It's a place it you wouldn't normally go to. And it of course, you took trains and things like that uh, to get from one place to another. Well, I had a driver. Oh. Uh, I didn't. I didn't ride trains over there. I saw plenty of them, and I, I loved them. I wanted to get pictures of them because trains were part of my growing up years. We had a railroad track right behind our house, and the the noise, the sounds of the trains, and the rhythm of the trains was something that I. Uh, it was just part of my life. But um, I hired a driver while I was still here to um, drive me around to all these places and worry about the money and worry about the tickets and the language and everything, and that was a very good decision. So I wasn't literally alone. Ah, okay. Yeah. That's an interesting way to do that. So the uh, big question, of course, to me is, what does your family, the rest of your family, think about your writing? Um, well, they, they're they proud of me. They're very supportive. Uh, my brother in particular, who's mentioned in the book, uh, of course, because he was there, uh, he's younger, and he's been uh, extremely supportive. I mean, he called me right before I called into the show, and he'll he'll be listening. And he um, actually, we're uh, my next project will be a co-authoring of a book about him, which I don't want to talk about a whole lot yet because it's in the early stages. But when I go to my book signings and different events, he is going to go too because really he's next, and so he's he's very supportive. Um, and my son is grown, and he uh, and his family are very supportive, too. They just got their books the other day, so um, they're just being released into the stores and warehouses. So, uh, yeah, everybody's excited. Good timing, too, because, you know, this is October. Fabulous and... timing, yeah. <laughs> and even 
the, the, even the cover is orange and black, and you know we. Yeah. I, I didn't think about that uh, then, but the designer may have. Uh, but uh, yeah, the colors are perfect, and the, the, this is October's probably a, a key month for sure. Oh, definitely, definitely, and and as I said, that's what I would have done. I would have said, hey, you know, let's just wait until October to do this, but it mm. just happened that way, huh? Um, it just happened that way. Uh, I, I mean, as soon as I got a publisher, which who is Betty Youngs, she immediately said, you know, let's do it for fall of 2011. So she probably was thinking way ahead, but she had to tutor me a whole lot on the marketing end because I. Um, I had 30 years in educational publishing, but it was in editorial, so I knew a little bit about the publishing business, but not not this side of it. So um, she she was very helpful, and she probably had that plan in mind all along. Yeah, this is a lot more uh, media driven uh, now nowadays. She's, you have to like be on the radio, you have to uh, get in the blogs, and and uh, you know to get out in the community um, right. more often. Is right can't be a, like, can't be a closet writer anymore. <laughs> I know, I know. And my publisher said, you know, remember, and I've put this in my own blog. Uh, the publisher publishes the book. You publish, or I'm sorry, the publisher publicizes the book, and you publicize yourself. So there you go. There you go. There you go. Um, but yeah, it's been fun so far. I'm, I'm just starting um, the signing process and going to do a little regional traveling and see see how it goes. But uh, it's fun. I mean, it, it, I had to push myself, but I, I got a book called uh, Guerrilla Marketing for Writers, and yeah. uh, you know they tell you what to do. Um, you know, get a website, get on Facebook, get on Twitter. I, well, I didn't. Right. I did that for about two seconds, but I'm on Facebook. I'm on the social media. <laughs> Well, who can tweet all day? Sorry. I just can't, you know, I don't have time for that. But, you know, get your own website. Get a a professional photo taken and all these different things that that help. And I I did those things months ago. Mm Mm-hmm. Had some, yeah. There's some books out there to help you, and that's and and I tell people often says you need to you know do some research and and figure it out. I can tell you some different things, but you guys need to you know figure out some other stuff. You need to look locally. Absolutely. Um, Where what can you do locally? Uh, Because you know I'm in Arizona, and and a lot of my authors are not even living anywhere near me, so. They have to look locally and figure out where they can where they can touch, and who they can touch right. there. And that's the I think that's the best thing to do. Now I did hire a publicist who's been wonderful, and she's she knows how to make the contacts with the bookstores and and set things up. And that's that's been a godsend. But um, definitely, and what she said was start locally and regionally, and then just kind of work mm-hmm. outward. So that's what we'll do. Yeah, yeah. She and she's uh, I, I've. I've interviewed several of her authors, so that's great, and they're all wonderful. Mm-hmm. They've been coached, and of course, you guys have really great information on your website. Um, you got your uh, your media kits right online, which is something mm-hmm. I always recommend to anybody. Uh, I love my media kit. I got to tell you, it's, I think it's really fabulous. I mean, it was, I I didn't do it, so I can say that, but it's very. I think it's <laughs> clever, and it's it's. Uh, I, I I'd never seen one before. I mean, I I saw a couple examples actually from other authors, but I I think it's pretty cool. You have a travel motif looking, which is great because that's what you were doing, and 
uh, I pulled a lot of the pictures that I, that I used on you know for this for this uh, show right from your right from that site. So I wanted to tell you thanks because that preview was very nice. Uh, <laughs> I I saw it earlier today and then looked at it again this evening and and thanks a lot. That's okay. It's okay. That's uh that's why I say you know find, give me something I can pull and then you know. Uh, Get the information that way. I can I can pull and take it and add it, so that way other people can see some of those other stuff that you shot pictures of. Which is you know people like to see that. I have uh, I, have I did pictures. I took like probably two thousand pictures over there. I mean I have a lot more <laughs> that they haven't seen yet. But, which I'm uh, sure you pro- you have some of those in your book, right? Uh, the book is not illustrated. It's just got uh, it's got chapter uh-huh. openers, but it's uh it's just words. Um, but I might, uh, I have plenty I, of photos. That Betty has, I'm sorry. I might suggest adding that maybe to a special page on maybe a, a uh, slideshow on your website. Well, I do have one, so I could that could be done easily because I uh, have given a couple talks and things, and I I do have a, a slideshow, so that's a good idea. Thanks. Okay. Um, anyway. I, what was the, one of the most surprising things that you've learned while creating this particular book? Well, the most surprising thing was how it turned out. And, we, of course, <laughs> I've already been over that. But, I mean, that was one of the most surprising things. And another, uh, it, this is not profound or, or about really my inner journey or anything, but it's kind of surprising to me to go through the editorial process and mm-hmm. discover that someone who edited textbooks for 30 years could make so many mistakes. I mean, I had a blast writing this book. It was just the most fun ever. And I wrote it so many times that I I mean, I thought it, you know, I it, there can't be that many mistakes in it, but uh I had really sharp editors and uh they pointed out things that I was so grateful for, uh big and small. So, uh yeah. You know, yet my president of our company uh here in Cincinnati years ago when we, when I was working for the textbook publisher, used to say, "Well, you know, there's no such thing as a perfect book, but we keep we keep trying. But you know, this this book's not perfect either. But I I hope it's as close as it can be." Well, you are using print on demand, I assume. Uh, I don't think so, but that's a publisher. Okay. No, I mean, no, I I don't think so. No. Okay. They're okay, all they're printed. They're in a warehouse. They're we have a distributor. Oh yeah, I know that. Uh, no matter what quantity oh. you buy, you can do that. Uh, just wondering. Cause well, you... I don't know that answer, so. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. I know what it don't... is, but I I don't know how they're doing it. Well, the benefit obviously is that you can always tweak it. Um, even if you miss something, you can always fix it later. And uh, when you well, do another run. I've got a master copy, and I, uh, you know, it's just a couple little things. I don't mean anything very big. Nothing. Like hope. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but you know, just that's what we used to do um, in my job. You know, you just have a master copy of everything. When somebody reports something or you find something, you just note it, and then when it goes for reprint, then you, you fix it. it. Yeah. yeah, there you go. There you go. You know about that because you were uh, doing textbooks before. So those are big things. Those are big right. projects. <laughs> yes, they are. Have you done textbooks? No, I've I've I print textbooks for other people, but I, I've never actually designed any. 
Sounds as yeah, you. I I didn't design them, but I've I've worked with authors, and and you know, in the old days, we used to actually edit the manuscript and paste it up and do all of that. Of course, that's that's yeah not happening anymore. No, no, I I grew up about that about that time also, where you used to hand code all the headlines and things oh, like yeah. that. Yeah. So <laughs> so uh, I'm in my forties, so I've been around this business for a long time too. It's uh mm. it's interesting uh, business we're in. Um. Just, I'm going to let everybody know right now that uh, you can call in. You've, we've got about 30 more minutes. The guest call-in number is the same number. It's on the blog talk information, and that is 714-242-5145. That's 714-242-5145. Also, below that page is, is a chat area. If you don't wish to call in, you can write in a comment or you can give us a question. I will pass it on to Jane and she can answer. So please, you definitely use that. I know you guys are listening. So don't think I don't know. <laughs> As I see your numbers later, I know you guys are calling. I know you guys are listening. So you need to, you know, participate a little. There was a comment. Do you like Dracula? If you want to know more about some things that she's researched. That's uh, probably what we should we talk about next. My research. Your research, okay. because you, as as I did, I promoted this for vampire lovers. So, yeah, um, I mean, I I love the research, and I started eight months before I went on my trip officially researching, and I, um, I got statistics from Romania on how many people had visited and that kind of thing. I read about the places, of course. Um, I had my itinerary ahead of time, so I knew what I was going to see, and I actually edited that itinerary. Um, I read probably, I wouldn't say word for word all of them, but I got about 49 or 50 books. I watched my Dracula movies, which I have on DVD, um, again, and I went on the Internet and I looked for articles. I wanted to be up to date on things, for example, the... Um, Changing Hands of Bron Castle, which is officially worldwide known as Dracula's Castle, and it um, mm. it went back into the Habsburg family uh, in 2006, and they uh, did not want it to be associated with Dracula, but it, they ended up giving it back to Romania, and it's now a museum. So, you know, it, you you want to know the history, but you also have to be up on what's going on. So. Um, I researched before I went kind of to know what I wanted to see and what I was looking for, and I read Dracula again. That's like the third time I've read it. Um, And then after I came back, I filled in the blanks of the things that I really didn't know I had to research. But maybe that's not what they want to know. Maybe they want something more specific. I I don't know if I'm answering the question. Well, the the things that I think they were wondering is obviously they want to know more. Something they wouldn't, maybe that you found out. Um, it could have been when you were there about the castles and or or about the history. Oh, of World okay, War. yeah. Um, well, one of the things that uh, one of the theories out there is that the novel Dracula, the vampire Dracula, was based on a real person who was a prince in 
Romania in the 15th century, and his name was Vlad Dracula. And people all over have probably now heard of Vlad the Impaler, V-L-A-D. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that I had to realize before I went was Vlad was a Romanian, and he was real, and he had some pretty bad habits. He was not always nice to his own people. He impaled them on uh, stakes and uh, did all sorts of things, and they were afraid of him. Uh, He was a hero in war, and the Romanians, I believe, look upon him as a hero now. But anyway, there's a theory that the Count Dracula was uh, created based on him, and it's possible, but I don't know if it'll ever be proved. But anyway, a lot of the, the when you go to Romania, a lot of the castles and a lot of the sites there are about Vlad. They are not about a vampire. I mean, the the scenes from the book, the Borgo Pass, uh, the Borgo Pass, and the crags and the castles and those kinds of things. They're there. There there's a road called the Borgo Pass, and the scenery is lovely, and there's a hotel at the top of the hill in the exact place where the castle in the novel was supposed to be. So, and there, there's a town called Bistritza where you can go into the Golden Crown Hotel, just as Jonathan Harker did when he made his journey to Dracula's castle in the novel. And you can have a meal, like his final meal before he went to Dracula's castle. Well, there's a there's a salon there, a room called the Jonathan Harker Salon, and you can go in there and you can order that meal. So that's a cool thing. Um, and there's also a Count Dracula Club, which is a restaurant in Bucharest. And you can go in there and go into these different themed rooms. Uh, like uh, in uh, one of my favorite movies, there's a transfusion from somebody who gets bitten by a vampire and loses yeah. a lot of blood and has to have a transfusion. So there's a room named after that. And uh, so they, there are um, there are things about the novel and about vampires, but a lot of it's about Vlad, and because that's mm-hmm. that's who the Romanians know and that's that's who they're promoting. So, for instance, want me to keep going? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. This is good for stuff. instance, one of the one of the things that you see in in Romania is about 25 miles north of Bucharest or or so, and it's uh, Snagov Island, and there's a big lake. And there's an island in the lake, and there's a monastery there. And that's one of the Dracula sites. But actually, the person who's supposed to be buried there is Vlad the Impaler. But it sort of all fits together. I mean, you if you go over there, you have to go knowing that, that it's not all about a vampire. And you kind of have to have an open mind, which was what I had to do. But, I mean, I spent... Uh, two nights on a farm out in Transylvania and I was there at sunset and it was the neatest thing in the world because there was a there was kind of a fog rolled in over the fields and they had these old fashioned haystack shaped sort of pear shaped haystacks and and old buildings and sheds and things and you know you could watch the sunset and there's a chapter in that book called The Camera, The Camera in which I'm sitting there drinking a cup of tea and all of a sudden I'm I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, it's sunset in Transylvania. And I, I jump up and I, I have to take a picture because for any Dracula fan, that's the scariest time on earth. I mean, that's it. That's when all, you know, the vampires wake up. So I ran around and took pictures. Uh, and, and so things like that. Is is that close to what they want to know? Yeah, definitely, because, see, this is, this is a lot of stuff that people won't know unless they go there. 
And, oh, uh, yeah. And it, so this it's is, a beautiful place, and you can use your imagination, uh, which I, I always wanted. You know, I wanted the spookiest things possible. But at the same time, I knew that maybe it might be modern over there. Maybe they wouldn't have all that. So uh, it's a good mix. Oh, here's the other thing. Can I keep going? Oh yeah. <laughs> if you got if you've got other questions, I can stop. No, I'll, I'll, I'll fit them in as they they're relevant. That's so this okay. is good stuff because this is what makes your your interview unique. Okay. Okay. Cool. Um, there are two castles that are supposed to be Dracula's castle, and again, you know, they date back to Vlad the Impaler. But one of them is Bron Castle, which is very well known. It's a very lovely looking castle and you can go in it and there are secret tunnels and all kinds of things so we toured that and then there's another one that's on a mountaintop and it's called called the Poyanar Citadel and I'm not going to pronounce too many of these names because it wouldn't be a good idea but um it's it's a ruin and it's it's up on the top of a mountain and it really the setting for it fits the description in Dracula of Dracula's castle because you get to the top and you look down this steep precipice, and you see the Arjesh River, which I think is actually in the book. And, the you know, it's just the perfect setting, except this castle is just a bunch of unfinished walls now. It's just a ruin. So you climb 1,480 steps to get to the top through the forest, and you're up there on a mountaintop. And when when I was there, I stood there and thought, man, here I am. A, a, a kid from Glen Ferris, West Virginia, and I'm in Central Europe, and I am standing at what is believed to be Dracula's castle. It doesn't get better than that, I'll tell you. <laughs> so anyway, there are two castles, and uh, just uh, if you're interested in it, then you'll be fascinated. But you know, I think Patty, I think I'm I, I think I'm looking at this Old River, or Old Valley in Romania. Old Valley. Yeah, looking very beautiful there. Very, I'm looking at it in one of the blogs that you have um, read in. Okay, and, uh, it, it's absolutely gorgeous. But we went, yeah. we went along. Yeah. I, I keep interrupting you. Go ahead. No, I, I was just agreeing with you. This is very green and and lush and and very beautiful. They even got the uh, on the side there, as I noticed that they 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 have the uh, guardrails type of thing going right next to the river. Right, and that's exactly the view from my hometown in West Virginia. Even across the river, a train went by. A, well, they, a train went by just exactly the way it did back home, and that that was one of the first things that started to trigger those memories. But the scenes were just so similar, and I was I wanted everything to be scary. You know, I wanted to look up and see a big castle or maybe a buzzard or you know something terrible. But uh, it didn't always happen. But then here came these West Virginia memories that intruded and actually ended up uh, making a very good story. So that's uh, yeah, because I'm, I'm what I'm doing is I'm finding some locations here and letting everybody know where they can find more information about you. Mm-hmm. And I'm putting those on your chat area here. Okay. Um, are you on Facebook? Yes. What do you want to know? I mean, I, the book doesn't <laughs> have a page yet, but I I do. I mean, I'm okay. If if you want people to find you or find you there. Then uh, go ahead and give me the last part of that. Is it Jane Dot and then your last name? 
Do you, do you, you happen mean to know my, your, your Facebook, your homepage on Facebook? Well, all they have to do is just put put my name in the search engine. I think. Let me find you here. Jane Congdon. I I think that's, that's all you have to do. That's how I found um, the other things. Yeah. I know you're on LinkedIn. Oh, there you are. I'm on LinkedIn. Yes. Twitter, I kind of gave up on. I just I told you I I did join <laughs> it, but I just thought, you know, a lot of a lot of people have others tweet for them, but I don't have any others, so I, I decided to like maybe wait a little bit on that one. I I don't even make an effort to get people to uh, attach to me, and I don't know why they do. Um, mm. But I just I leave it alone. I I send things automatically, you know, because I do so many different things. So. Mm-hmm. Um, as I say, why are these people attaching to me? I don't know why they want to attach to me. <laughs> but, you know, you keep it going anyway, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, so I got the, just so everybody know that I've got your Facebook information on there. Okay. And as well as one of the blogs you were on recently. And also, I have a blog. Do you know that? It's, yes, it's accessible that, through yeah. my website, and uh, when I post anything, I usually put it on Facebook that there's a new post. Now, it's not about vampires necessarily at all. It's, mo- it's more about writing. Texting and home. There you are. I had already had you up before, so I'm just giving everybody your information here. Good. Thank you. That way they can just click on it and be able to get it. Uh, wherever they can find you, you know, that's mm-hmm. really what it's all about. You've got to be more accessible or as accessible as you can be um, without, you know, giving up your personal privacy, of course. Of course. <laughs> right. Anything else you want them to know how to get a hold of you? I know you've got some posters on here, download to print. Right, yes. Um that's like that's part of the media kit, and I think there are two sizes of posters, and then uh, there's a book cover too. I, I think that's that can be printed out too. You are now on Kindle as well, I see. Uh, yes. You mean the book? Yes. It it you know it released August first on Amazon. I did not know that for a long time. Um, so it was available long before the book, but the, the book was only shipped on uh, last Friday, I think to the people who had pre-ordered. So, yes. Well, you and, know, once you get once you get the interior done, uh you might as well put it up for sale on ebook. It just takes a while longer for the print process. So, yeah, that's why. <laughs> you can get it up okay. very fast on on uh on Amazon. The interesting thing about that is Amazon has you probably know a feature called uh Author Central where mm-hmm. authors can find out how their product is doing and it's a little early to find out much about it now but but it's a very cool thing and also uh I've been watching the the ranking and before they ever came out these books were in the top 100 in their category which I I think is really good uh, and one of the categories is the inner child and the other category is the travel category so uh, I think it's called I didn't know there was a category for inner child. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and and the inner child is part of that book, but it's uh it yeah it's kind of a you have to drill down a little bit, but it's like books. Uh, I I can't remember the next category, but it's self help, and then it's 
mm-hmm. inner child, I think. And then the travel one is something about museums and destinations. <clears throat> but uh, I, it's nice that it's it's in two. It's a, it's a category jumper. Is what I call it. It's yeah. nice that it it's in two strands of of subjects. If it were fiction, it'd be multi multi genre. So that's well, uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so let me see here. So where can we find your your novel and everywhere everywhere at this time? Right, it's already out. What novel? You mean well, my this, your book? Yeah, my book. book. Um, actually, I went to two bookstores, two local bookstores, in the last few days, and I they had it in the their warehouse, but they had not put it out on the shelves yet. And so it's coming in. I think it's available everywhere. Whether it's actually on the shelf yet, don't know about that. Can't guarantee it. But uh, but yes, they ought to be in the warehouse. And, and uh, like I said, Amazon's been selling them for several days. In fact, the other day I got on, or I, I wake up early in the morning, I got on Amazon and it said only two left. I thought, wow. So they've reordered. It's in stock. That's good. That's always good mm-hmm. to know. Yeah, it is uh, good to know. Just if uh, if you were going to advise somebody, give advice for an aspiring author, what would you what would you what advice would you give them? Hmm. Be ready. <laughs> be ready. I mean, really. That's I thought about that question, and I think be ready is it. It's just like, of course, you have to write. You have mm-hmm. to write. But if you love to write, that should not be an issue. But be ready because opportunities do come. And you want me to tell you about mine? Oh, yeah. If you've got other questions, I, I can. I, no, I see, this, this is one of my questions, so uh, go ahead and lead on. Okay, be ready. Now, we already talked about how the advice books, and when I don't know something, I always get a book. But the advice books always tell you, you know, get a website, get a blog, do all these different things. That's part of being ready. I mean, you, and also, for instance, if you have an agent or a publisher in mind, if you have actually have a work that you're re- almost ready to send out, investigate what they need and start doing it because they're all different. And the story of mine is really a, a great story. I had um, written to several agents thinking that that's what I needed to do first, and they were all very nice, but I, I hadn't really hit the bullseye yet. Uh, and then I read a book. I ordered a book off the Internet called Out of the Transylvania Night and because it was about Transylvania. I thought, wow, you know, anything about Transylvania I want to read. So the author was um, from Romania. Her name is Ara Embaras. And she grew up in Sibiu, which was the place that I started feeling so wildly creative and, and having a, a wonderful time in Romania. So Ara grew up during the communist rule, and she uh, there was a lot of suspicion, and you know it was a very negative atmosphere for her as a young girl. So she used to dream of you know she'd read magazines or she'd see American movies, and she she dreamed of going to America, and where she wanted to go was California because that's what's in the movies. Well, here I was in West Virginia watching movies about Transylvania. So that's where I wanted to go. And it's just so weird 
because we each were pursuing our dreams, and and it, had it not been for the difference in time, I mean, she's quite a bit younger than I am. We our planes could have passed in the sky because she did come to America. She settled in California. She has a PhD. She's a school teacher, and she's she's written this book, and I think working on another one. And you know, our paths were similar. But anyway, one of the things about writing for for you writers out there, if you like something, somebody writes, tell him or tell her. And I learned that years ago. Uh, write them a note. Maybe they'll answer, maybe they won't. But let them know. So I wrote a note to this author, an email actually, to Ara Embarras because she had a website, she had contact information. And I told her, you know, it, your story's very intriguing and I was there in the town where you grew up. And we went on and on. And uh, I told her I was writing this book and she offered to introduce me to Betty Youngs, her publisher. And... um so Betty immediately asked me, how much of it have you written? And I said, I, I've finished. I've written it all. And I had a book proposal done. And a book proposal takes two or three weeks. I mean, it's like half an inch thick, and mm-hmm. it's very intricate to do. It's a, it, it's a lot of work, uh, and I had one. And so she said, send me your proposal, send me your manuscript, and she read it over a weekend. Now, if I hadn't done that, if I hadn't done that proposal, I, you know, what, how would I have gotten it done? I mean, so be ready. That's my advice. The opportunities will come, and you know, it, if you love to write, you'll if you're good, they'll come. So just be ready. The uh, Romanian author does she by any chance write about cats? Cats? I don't know why. Okay, uh, I don't know. I have a Romanian uh, author in in Arizona now, oh. and uh, she writes. She's written a a book based on you know the thought that she it, it's sarcasm. It's sarcasm. It's based on her Romanian uh, roots. You know, she used to live in Romania, and so they obviously, as you were talking about, were under uh, communistic rule, and they had this. Uh, he had a cat, and the, the, the cat, main character is a man who's hmm. depressed, <laughs> okay. and he talks. He has a talking cat. Yeah, uh, he, he's the only you one. You say hears. a talking cat? He's a talking cat. Okay. <laughs> but I don't you know, believe I've heard this story, Patty. I don't think this is Ara's book. Uh, okay, this, this one's a. It, 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 it's, it made me just laugh because she is so humorous. His jokes sarcastic. I loved it. You know, um, mm-hmm. the circumstances which she was in was so dire, yet she was able to find humor in it. You know. Yeah. That. That. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. So, okay. And I let me double check to see if anybody's asked me any questions here. Anything else you wish to share about your experience in in Romania? Uh, I would recommend it as a place to go. The uh, tourism in Romania is increasing. There were 7 million people there in 2009, and it's grown from just the, the thousands to the hundred thousands, and now millions of people go there. Um, and I I would go back in a minute. I uh, saw a couple opportunities for coffee table books, and my photography skills were not quite up to the job, so... Uh, I would love to uh, go back sometime and maybe take somebody with me who's a little better with the camera. Somebody but, yeah, asked, I loved it. 
So somebody asked a question on Facebook. They said, um, question is, oh, yeah, you just answered that, basically. They said, would you take, uh, would you put pictures into a larger volume so that way you have like an actual tabletop type of book? So she just answered that. I'll let them know. I think that would be good. Well, one of the things about Romania that I loved, and I took so many pictures of these, and if I hadn't gotten myself in the car, the sport mirror on the car, I kept taking pictures of myself and the windshield and all kinds of things. But it was the fences. There were all kinds of these little villages, village after village, and they would have fences in front of the houses, and they were so colorful, and they were all different. And this is in the book, too. There's a whole chapter called Fences. But... um I took picture after picture, and we were moving in the car, and we couldn't always stop for every little thing, and sometimes I'd, I really didn't want to. So some of them were blurry, and some of them were you know, not the greatest. A few were, were really good, but I would love to do a whole book on the Romanian fences. I just think they're so pretty. Hmm. Uh, but I, I have many, many pictures I took over there, so I will definitely investigate putting uh, a slideshow on my website. Um, that was one of the requests of people who read the manuscript before it was published, actually. They wanted to, to see, and the other request was a map. And there is a map of oh, Romania yeah, in the book. Um, so they could at least kind of figure out, you know, when we mention cities, where they are. Yeah, that's always helpful. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, another question is, did you have any problems with the customs or any strange situations there? Uh, off the top of my head, the people were, I loved the people. They were very nice. They were sweet. Of course, I did not know Romanian. The only word I learned was Moltsumesk, and that's thank you. Um, but I had a guide who was a translator, so he he stuck up for me in many ways, and that was really cool. The only weird thing that happened, I, I, there's probably more, but uh, this is in the book. I was uh, eating breakfast in a hotel one day, and um they, I had read that the Romanians like sit down with each other at the table, and you know Europeans, and they're very social and whatever. <laughs> so, uh, so to expect that. So I was almost done, and I thought, well, I'm going to get up and get a couple more things. So I had, you know, like maybe a juice glass, and I put my napkin on my chair. And when I came back, there was a couple. She'd put her sweater over the chair, and he was sitting there. And I sat down, I sat back down, and. He wouldn't even look at me. I thought he would greet me and we would, you know, make a conversation. I was all ready for that, but he he wouldn't even look at me. And she came back and sat down, and still they began conversing in French and just kind of nodded at me. And I thought, well, how rude, you know, to sit down at my table and not even, (laughs) not say a thing. And I I got back to my room and I, I started thinking about it. You know, sometimes these things take a little bit to sink in. I started thinking about it and I realized they didn't know I had been at the table before they were. They probably thought I sat down with them. So, you know, it's just misunderstanding sometimes. Awkward situation. Yeah, I was kind of like indignant, and then I realized, no, they probably they probably thought I was the uh, rude person, not them. So, yeah. so you just you know, sometimes I have you have to take a little minute to think about it. Put yourself in the other person's shoes for a second. Right. Right, but uh, no, the people were were very nice there, and uh, I I loved it. We have another question: Is did you have any fear of being alone there? Mm, 
No. Um, you mean like of vampires or just, well, <laughs> maybe, like was it safe? Is that what... I don't think I, they're asking um, about a vampire, although I don't know. <laughs> no, no. I mean, like, that's, that didn't enter the picture. But actually, before I went, um, I had read about they, some of the cities named Bucharest. Alone. I'm sorry? I think they mean I traveling had, by yourself. I had uh, read about Bucharest, and I was a little nervous about things, just because you re- anything you read, sometimes it's just very negative. Like, you know, I've, this is in the book, too. It's kind of like, you know, watch watch your valuables and Clip your curtains closed so no one can look in, and don't leave anything in a hotel room. Well, what are you going to do with it? So, I mean, like when I got there, I was kind of like that. I was a little bit like paranoid. So, I had this cable that kind of you put on a laptop, you know, to, so in a coffee house or whatever. So, I lashed my suitcases to the furniture before I went out. <laughs> and then when I came back, I realized I hadn't even locked the door. It's just like, oh, oh man, kind of funny. But uh, so, yeah, I, I right. didn't have any reason to be afraid. And usually um, my guide was with me, and that was very helpful because, of course, I felt safe and I knew that I could um, be understood, you know, through translation uh, with anybody. And so nobody ever tried to do anything, uh, snatch my purse or do anything like that. So, no, that wasn't a big issue. It's kind of funny because, you know, uh, being from Arizona, we saw to say the same thing about New Yorkers. So uh-huh. uh, it was like, well, okay, you don't, even the New Jersey people say, well, you don't do this, you don't do that in New York. Um, and so when you get there, you're so paranoid I know, I know. Sometimes they don't do you any favors, but really, no. uh, and there there are certainly bad people in the world, but uh, I don't know. Sure. I just think people are people, you know. <laughs> so I think we answered that question, and I don't see anything else. So we are in our last couple minutes here, and that hour went by fast, didn't it? It did go by fast, you know. I didn't know how it would be. This is really my first one. Uh, oh, I've been on the radio. Do what? You did very well. Oh, thank you. I've been on the radio a couple times in my life, but not not lately. And uh, so this is really my first of several uh, scheduled radio interviews. And I uh, I didn't even know about the blog part. You know, uh, I I didn't know how that would work, but uh, now I do. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciate you having me, Patty. This was great. <laughs> That's it good. Was fun. I always like being somebody's first. You know. <laughs> I'm sorry? Like being somebody's first. That's interesting. That, that you're, this is your first radio show. That's great. That's great. Oh, so, well, thanks a lot. I, sure. I, I had a good time. I didn't know how it would be, really, to tell you the truth. Sometimes I get wound up and uh, say say more than I should, let's just say. But, uh, no, no, but you did very well. There, the people had yet, you were asking uh, if you want to go, want to go further. So that's good. That's good. And so I wish you all the luck, and I think that your your book would do very well. Um, one, one area that I didn't, didn't hear where you said that your book was is in memoirs. So I would think that that would be another area that they would want to put your book. Maybe so, maybe so. And uh, but I would say you know those are the logical places. So if you if you don't see it, ask. Please ask. Beg the bookstore for that book. I mean you know it's if if oh, it's there they'll help you find it. If it's not there, they would be happy to order it. Oh, definitely. So with that, thank you, and you have a great night, and and best of luck, okay? Thank you, Patty. Thank you, Jane. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
Well, that was Jane Codnan, and this is Patty Holstrand, and we are at the last 30 seconds of our night. This is KWOD Radio signing off for the night, and you guys have a great weekend.